Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Music Therapy Show with Janice Lindstrom. I am your host, Janice Lindstrom, and this is episode 217. Today is August 28, 2015, and uh, you can find more information about me and music therapy and this show at heartbeatmusictherapy.net. You can also contact me there at heartbeatmusictherapy.net. If you have any questions or comments or thoughts about the show or any other topic that we discuss here, today we're talking about parenting and uh, supporting each other through that journey. And you can call in to join us at 646-652-2850. Today I am joined by Amy Zunica, who leads the mommy support group that I go to in person. And... uh, she has been joining me for the show for about four months now. So we try to get together once a month and just talk about whatever's relevant for our lives and assume that it's relevant for many people's lives. So uh, this week or this, this month, we're talking about choosing a daycare, starting daycare, returning to school or starting up with school and uh, returning to that routine because uh, my child starts daycare next week and uh, schools in this area have started up this last week. And so I've seen lots of posts on Facebook about mommy tears and child tears and growing children and having to get up early again. So uh, as I said, my kid's starting a Mother's Day Out program next week. He's two. And so this will be his first real away-from-home daycare situation. Um, And you have children, and they're starting things this year. Tell us about well, my oldest daughter, please excuse my voice, I'm having allergies. Uh, my oldest daughter just started kindergarten on Monday. So mm-hmm. that's big. And my little one is moving on to the two-year-old class at her preschool, which is also big. They're just growing up so fast. Mm-hmm. Moving from the two-year-old to the two-year-old, to the two-year-old class. class. Okay. So that so starting kindergartens is a huge milestone or starting preschool or just starting anything new seems to be a really big issue especially for the moms even if you're really looking forward to like if your kids are starting school and you don't have to pay for the daycare anymore uh if they're going to public school you might be really looking I like that sounds like something I'd be looking forward to so but I can I I'm actually excited because uh, the daycare times that my kid's going to be going, one of the days I'll be working, but not until later. And so I'll have a few hours at home to get some stuff done. And then on the other day, I don't work outside the home that day. So I'll have a lot more time to take care of some things that I need to take care of on that day. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. But even with that, I'm still feeling a little bit sad that there's going to be somebody else taking care of my kid and not me. Even though most of the time when I'm in the middle of taking care of my kid, I'd kind of like some help with that. <laughs> yes, it's so parenting is this whole thing about I was thinking about it on the way over here. It's like always this push and pull and tug about togetherness and separateness. And I was thinking about my kids have always gone to daycare or preschool since they were born. Well, and since like 10 weeks, I think, with my oldest daughter, when she was 10 weeks old, she went to daycare, and my youngest was 12 weeks when she went. But the best parts of some days 
or the times that I drop them off and the times that I, there is something about being a part that makes me really excited to see them again and be with them again. Um, and as they're getting older, I notice that they also, like, school is something exciting that's just theirs. That's their thing that's apart from me. Like, as we're growing, like, babies are all together with us. Like, they don't even know they're separate people than us. But then as they're growing, they also get to have a little piece of something that belongs to them. Just like as moms, we need a little piece of ourselves that's not just mom. They get a little piece of themselves that's not just daughter, sister. For mine, I have two girls, daughter and sister. When they go to school, they get to be their own person. So that's kind of fun and exciting for them. But it still makes me a little sad that they have that piece that doesn't involve me. (laughs) Because I'm their mom. (laughs) Right. And even though, like, Sometimes you, I like I know I have experienced times when I just want to be alone, but I don't want my child to be away from me. So <laughs> I don't know how to reconcile that necessarily. So <laughs> I guess that's just part of the thing. The other part that's hard is uh, so our daycare starts later in the day, and it's not school hours. Um, and I don't happen to have a job that ma- that is school hours, so it, it matches our lifestyle a little better. Um, to start later in the day. So I don't really have to get up that early or get out the door too much earlier than I normally would if I were going to do something on that day, like go to the park or whatever. Um, But that thought of having a routine and needing to make sure that I've packed everything that I could possibly need for the daycare to have and then make sure it's all labeled with his name and just thinking of all of that stuff is a little bit stressful. And then if you are going to school, you have to get up pretty, like probably a lot earlier than you were getting up in the summertime. And the fact that you you have a deadline to be somewhere at a certain time earlier than you're probably used to can be kind of stressful. Um, so do you have any like thoughts about what's going on for you in that area or tips for how to manage such things? Well, I do think there's a difference between summer and school year. Even if you're, even if you're working the same hours, um, I think there is this difference between like kids having to go to school and perform at school. They do need to be more rested. They do need to. They need to be in that routine. Even last night, we had a meeting at my younger daughter's preschool. And it was a parent-only meeting, and we were going there, and our friends' kids also go there. So we went out to dinner after, and we had a babysitter. But all of a sudden, this, I have this awareness that I need to get home because my daughter needs to get to bed because she has to get up early and be at school before 8 o'clock this morning and be ready to be in kindergarten. Um, not that kindergartners are doing, like, you know, chemistry or anything, but it's her first week and it's new and she needs to be alert and aware and awake and rested. And that's different than how it was in the summer when the babysitter could stay there until nine 30 and I, the kids were still awake when I got home, then I would just get home and get them ready for bed. And like you, my job doesn't require that I be there at eight o'clock in the morning. So we could just have a little bit slower of a morning if they slept in a little, no big deal. It's like just even like rearranging my life too. Like we also have to rearrange our lives to be respectful of the fact that, um, you know, kids going to school, that's their job. And so we want to be respectful of that, be respectful of their time. 
making sure they get enough rest. That can be really hard with older kids. Like I know so many kids that have sports and they have practice and they have all these things going on until 9 o'clock or 9.30. And then they have self-homework to do and they still have to get to bed and be rested for school the next day. Um, I mean, just I guess we do our best, right? That's all we do. (laughs) Right. That's pretty much all anybody does is their best most of the time. Um, Very from day to day and minute to minute. But you said something that that uh, sparked something for me is that as a parent, I think one of the many difficult adjustments that I have had is uh, having to adjust my social schedule for the well-being of my child. Like when he was an infant, then, you know, he could almost sleep anywhere. Sometimes he would sleep anywhere but like sleep was his main activity of the day anyway so if we didn't get him to bed you know on time for a particular night then he just you know his nap schedule would be different and it was fine you know we just all adjusted um but now like i feel pretty obligated to um make sure that he goes Mm -hmm. to bed at a particular time so that he's uh, rested for the activities that he'll have to do while, plus I need to be rested because my work job, the schedule has started up again and I have to be on for that too. So the adjusting my social calendar to take care of the wellness of my family has been a, a difficult to manage. Uh, plus I'm a little bit stressed out because I have to send a lunch. Well, and a couple weeks ago, like like literally just a couple weeks ago, I was stressed out about finding daycare in the first place. And then, and I, you know, I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't want to, like, pick up the phone and call, or I didn't really know how to get started in that process. Uh, and uh, And then one day I just did it, and it worked out. So... I don't know. All of that was pretty stressful. But now trying to find out the lunches because uh, I have to go in on Monday. <laughs> and it's stressful. And, you know, he kind of grazes throughout the day. He doesn't really eat a lunch. But I want to be able to send him with something and not have daycare people think that I don't feed my kids. <laughs> right. And a challenge about sending lunches, especially for little bitty ones, is that a lot of times at home they eat things that aren't really transportable. So, like, if they like macaroni and cheese and you make that at home or, you know, the things they don't necessarily, you know, we can pack a sandwich and hit the road. Like, most little ones, especially when they're two, one, they're not eating sandwiches yet. Um, Really, so I've been packing lunches for two years now, which in the beginning was a complete nightmare to me as well. But sort of what I've come to is, I pack what I would really consider more of like a really healthy snack, but a good portion of it because a snack, a health, good healthy snack is portable. So um, we can, you know, we'll slice up cheese and this morning rolled up ham, rolled up turkey, sliced cheese, some crackers, always a fruit. Fruit's a hit in my house, but I always send a fruit. And if I haven't been to the store, I always have like little applesauce pouches or little applesauce containers because they're not going to um, go bad like the apple sitting on my counter will eventually. So <laughs> I have a stash of those in the background, so if I haven't made it to the store, I can always throw one of those in because the fresh fruit tends to uh, can go bad and then then you're kind of stuck. But 
those kinds of things are what I send with my kids. They like pepperonis. They like pepperonis and cheese sticks. Um, they've started coming around to sandwiches. So in the last year, like probably six months, um, we have a very basic sandwich of cheese, tomatoes, and bread. And if you're going to make a sandwich with tomatoes, you put cheese on both sides so that it does not soggy the bread. <laughs> because if your kids or anything like my kids, they have a particular way that they would like the sandwich, and I don't like soggy sandwiches, and they don't like soggy sandwiches. So we've come to terms with that. But it, like you sound like an expert. So right, two years, yeah. two years. Okay, <laughs> two years. I'll be an expert too. Uh, yeah. So for my two-year-old, I was thinking like some crackers and some grapes and and uh, maybe some cheese for the protein, and then the yeah grapes. I already said fruit. So that's probably what I'll have to do. And yet I still have to go to the store and get all that stuff. So, um. Moms, I know, get tearful when they drop off their kid, and they usually kind of hold together until the kid is in the door, and then they fall apart in private. Although, I also know that our kids actually know, they're pretty intuitive, I feel. Most kids know when their parents are not feeling right. And uh, so if you are anxious about the child going to school or daycare, the child's probably going to be more anxious about it. And I know that, like, like a, as a mom, I might feel like I'm anxious because my child's anxious, but actually I think that it's my anxiety that might have started the anxiety for my child. That is, And so it just is feeding itself. But uh, so I don't know that, like, what do you think about hiding that, tearfulness that you might feel from your child. How would you recommend that going about that? Well, I think what you said is pretty accurate. I don't think we're very good at hiding things from our kids. I think they kind of know. Um, With that said, I don't think it's a great idea to have a complete meltdown when you're dropping them off. Um, But I think you can, and, you know, the age matters somewhat in this. But also little kids, you can talk to them. I mean, even one-year-olds and two-year-olds. They may not be able to give you back the conversation, but that doesn't mean you can't start the conversation about. Um, so my daughter's going in kindergarten. So we've had many conversations about her being nervous about the first day because she's going into a new situation where she doesn't know anyone. Because the preschool that she went to, she won't. Um, those none of those kids went to the elementary school that she's going to. So. She doesn't know anyone. She's going into a new place. And I can certainly identify with that. So if I'm walking into a new situation, it can be hard and it can be challenging and I can feel nervous and scared. And I think that's reasonable to talk about and say, you know, it can be really scary to go into a new place. I think as parents, sometimes it's hard for us to go there because we feel like we're going to make them more scared if we Mm -hmm. talk about it being scary. But I think it actually just helps them to understand, like, it's a real feeling to be scared, but you don't have to leave it there either. And you don't also, you don't have to make it better. So it's not about saying, you know, it can be really scary, but here are all the great things about it. So forget about being scared because that's not really reasonable. Right. <laughs> They're going to be scared, but you can talk about some strategies for overcoming that being shy or being scared or being nervous or who can help them. Um, like at kindergarten, they walk into the school. This has been a big deal for me this week. Preschool, I could walk my daughter to her class and say goodbye at the class. And I didn't realize that that sort of gave me this sense of security of, like, 
the space that she's in for the day, and I've seen it. So the first day we got to do that in kindergarten, and then um, now we drop her off at the front door. And so I see her go in the front doors, and while, like, I know she makes it to her class, I don't see her go to the class. So it also makes me nervous dropping her at the front door, and I feel like she's a little nervous too. So we talk about, you know, there's teachers that are in the hall looking to help them if they need help. So, you know, she can go ask a teacher if she needs to know where she needs to go. We re- we rehearse where her hall is. It's the first hall. She goes down that hall, and she knows her class and her locker from there. So we talk through all these things. Um, and it's I feel like just being kind of open and honest and, willing to have the conversation, but also giving them a little bit of trust in their abilities to do it, um, which also means we have to trust in their abilities to do it. It's a big deal. <laughs> like, I see her walk in, and my daughter's very small. She's small even for a kindergartner. And I see, and of course, in my mind, she's my baby. So, you know, probably also a bias there. <laughs> but I see this little person who I think of, like, I mean, I see her when I, I can remember her being this tiny newborn baby, and here she is walking into class, like into the school with all these other students into this abyss of the school. You know, but so I feel nervous about that too. I don't say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're so small and you walk in there with all those big kids, but I, you know, can let her know, like, it makes me nervous too that she's going in by herself. Here are some things that she can do, you know, talk, and her principal is so good. She's always standing inside the front doors. So Aww. I say, she is your principal. If you get lost, she can help you. <laughs> <laughs> she's right there, you know, she's wearing a black skirt. You can see her from here if you really need help. Um, so, But even in a preschool situation where they're not going in by themselves, letting them know, you know, I love you. It's going to be a fun day. It might be hard at first but you're going to have a good day and I'll see you at the end of the day um, kind of a thing. Or especially if there's things they like to do that's going to be there, like um, my little one's into dolls. She's really into dolls, right? They're, so she's moving to a new class, and her biggest thing was do they have baby dolls in the class? Good news, kid. They have baby dolls. <laughs> <They do. laughs> so that can be something we can talk about, like if she's really feeling nervous. Remember, they have baby dolls in there, and you really love to play with baby dolls. So even though it's hard to go to a new class, you're going to be able to go in there and play with baby dolls, just like you did in your other class. Or, you know, at home they like to do this, and they're starting for the first time. You really love to kick a ball around. They have lots of balls in that class that you're going to be able to play with. And it might be hard at first, and that's okay. And, you know, I would say it's going to be hard for me too. But we'll get through it. I have confidence that we can do this. Right. And I think that's sort of the message that you leave with. Like, it's going to be hard, but I know we can do it. So that they know that you understand where they're coming from, but also that you have confidence in them and in yourself and that you guys are going to be together again, reunite again. That's really the, that's the scary piece. All the rest of it, the scary piece is that we're separating from each other for a period, but we'll be able to come back together, and we're going to make it. We're both strong enough. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's a nice, I mean, that it sounds like a nice way to start teaching that resilience and working through something so that you can accomplish something. So that's good. Um and then we got a handbook for the Mother's Day Out program that we're taking up my kid to. And uh, it says in there that if the child is crying, then you give them a hug and a kiss, and then you leave quickly <laughs> and let the teachers deal with it. Because most of the time, the uh, my, my child uh, doesn't 
cry that much when we leave him somewhere, but if he does, he tends to get over it really quickly once we're gone. And he's sometimes that can be hard to uh, to grasp when you're in that moment, and you just want to hug your baby one more time. <laughs> but that may not be the best for him. <laughs> so I'm also looking forward to having time for myself when he goes to daycare. Like, I'll be able to, like, clean my house in one hour instead of five because he won't be helping me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, I'll be able to, like, study or uh, take a nap or something like that. And and I'll just have this amount of time where I'm not having to worry about his child care. But I still... I feel kind of, I'm looking forward to that a lot, but I'm feeling guilty because I'm looking forward to being separated from my baby. Plus, I'm working a lot, so I don't see him as much during the week like I used to. And uh, I feel guilty for all of that time being away. And so I'm having to work on finding that balance because I don't really find guilt to be that useful of an emotion. <laughs> so try to find that balance to get past the mommy guilt and uh, and not feel terrible for enjoying some time off. Sometimes it's helpful to think, a lot of times I think kids are enjoying the time off too. So it's not like we're enjoying our time away at the expense of their betterment. It's not like they're for the worse and we're for the better. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, preschools can be, and, and elementary schools and, you know, all of that can be actually fun and exciting for kids. And so, in that regard, we don't have to feel guilty that they're in a terrible place um, when we're celebrating over here having some space, which I think, you know, we were just talking about all the, like, tearfulness. I think that's the first time moms and dads, when it's, like, kindergarten or preschool the first day. I think for many other parents, like, the first day of school is is a day to look forward to and celebrate because they are <laughs> ready, especially for parents who have spent much more time together time in the summer than they usually do with their children. They are very ready (laughs) to say goodbye at the door um, and let that happen. But I also think, like, that mommy guilt thing is just part of it. I mean, but we don't have to accept it. I mean, like you said, it's not that useful. And in all relationships, you need space. So you need space with your kid. Every relationship that a person is in, they need a little bit of space. So, I mean... It doesn't mean that you don't love your kid. It doesn't mean that you um, – and and what I was saying sort of in the beginning is, I mean, sometimes I think that makes us even more excited to be with them. When you're away, you can remember all the great things about them. Sometimes when you're with them and they're being two and you're being patient, you forget all the wonderful things about them that you really do love because all you're stuck dealing with is these little – moment by moment, power struggles or moment by moment, whininess or whatever it is. So that space really actually, I think, helps us sometimes to even appreciate them more than we did when we're spending 24-7 in the care of them. (laughs) (laughs) And so with the return of school and schedules and uh, routines and less time like more more time commitments um dinners can be difficult uh do you do you still cook dinner at home or do you more take out or how do you manage dinners at your house so we're an eat dinner at home family now with that said we have some easy go-tos 
for the day. So I work a varied schedule now, which is really nice. So some days I'm at work longer. Um, other days I'm not at work as much. So on the days when I'm not working as much, I can do more of a dinner. Like, I don't know what that means, more of a dinner. I can cook something a little more from scratch, I guess. Right. Even though nothing is really from scratch. Let me just throw that out there. It's not like I spent all afternoon making pasta. <laughs> it's more on the continuum towards scratch, I would say. But like on uh, Wednesdays, I work all day until um, 5. And then on, uh, my husband's picking up my older daughter from school. That's the other thing. I have kids in two different places. That's a new thing. Like if we're both working till after 5 and we've got to get them by 6, how are we going to manage that? So now we've got this thing. My husband's picking up my older daughter. I'm picking up my younger daughter. We're going to have things like chili cheese dogs where I can just heat up a hot dog and some chili on the stove. And it may not be the most nutritious thing in the world, but we all love them, and it's quick and it's easy. So things that are quick and easy, um, but that's just our style. We don't do a lot of takeout, uh, although I say that, and my kids love Chinese food, as do I, So and they deliver. So if it really comes to it, that's the go-to. <laughs> we are pretty much an eat-at-home family, too, except this week. So this has been my first week at school and I ha- at a university, and I have some new responsibilities than what I've had previously, and uh, we're all trying to adjust to that. <laughs> and so I think every night this week we've gone and picked something up or gone out to dinner <laughs> on the way home. <laughs> But we're going to get back into a more normal schedule next week because we just can't keep up that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, we can't either. And we don't even like the food that much. And then it gets really expensive to do every day. I mean, don't I like to eat out, but every day and then it gets expensive. And so, like, figuring out what are some go-tos for your family that are quick and easy. Some people are really good about preparing things in advance and, like, crock pots and all of that really a good time for that. It's going to get cool again at some point. We're in Texas. It's very hot here still, but eventually it'll cool down. I'm not really that kind of person, so that doesn't work so well for us. But there are some things I can do. Like we can do homemade pizzas, and I can put the crust in the fridge the night before, and then, you know, we just throw that together and throw it in the oven, and the kids can help with that. My kids are getting older, so that's kind of fun. Um, But, yeah, just like whatever your go-tos are that are easy, I mean, that's what I think. Nobody needs to be doing really fancy, elaborate. I want to say, remembering back to my childhood, we had like a pretty weekly rotation of hamburgers, spaghetti, mm-hmm. hot dogs, pizza, and I don't know what else, like maybe nachos or something. You know, it was it's none of it was just really stellar. <laughs> well, but and I have we have tacos every Monday. We eat tacos every Monday night because I don't have to think about it. Mondays are too busy. And tacos are awesome. My kids don't eat tacos yet because they can't really manage the shell. So they get chips and the little bowl chips and they build their own nachos with the taco stuff. So, like, that's our go-to every Monday so I don't have to think about it because I need to start the week easy. (laughs) And then I can figure out from there. (laughs) As much not thinking as we can do. I feel like it's the best thing. <laughs> so then um, bedtime is uh, the the last thing. I, we were talking about that earlier, about having to stick to a bedtime. And uh, it can be really tough if you are doing, like, really late bedtimes in the summer, and then suddenly you need to go to bed so that you can be up for school at really early hours. Um 
So are there, like, guidelines on what is the best bedtime? I guess there really isn't. It's more about the number of hours of sleep. And so you count back from when you need to be up. And then eight hours or ten hours, depending on the age of your child, before that is, uh, that's your bedtime, right? Yeah, that's pretty much the best way to do it. And you got to figure out, you got to figure out exactly what, and also how long your kid needs to get ready in the morning. I think so much of the stress of the morning is if we're rushing kids who need, my kids, my oldest daughter needs a lot of time. So I need to wake her up earlier just so that we don't have to fight every morning because I don't find that a pleasant way to start. But also at night, one thing I will say, um, we're all jet lagged this week with bedtime and early time, but after about a week or two, people sort of fall back into the pattern of going to bed so that they will be rest. They'll be tired enough to go to bed earlier when they're getting up early enough to go to school. So that sort of falls into place naturally. Um, and also it's a really good time to do a wrap-up, like at bedtime with older kids, about, you know, what was good about the day, what wasn't good about the day, help them close the day so that they can start again tomorrow. That's a really nice time to reconnect, especially if everyone's really busy and, you know, been going to and from, and you had a busy evening of having dinner, getting bath, getting to bed. It can be a really nice time to reconnect. Yeah, and that that makes me think of uh, my favorite parenting resource, flylady.net, where she tells you to have a before-bed routine where you get all of your stuff ready, including picking out your clothes so that you don't have to think in the morning and homework or whatever you need is packed in the bag and ready to go out the door and you know where your car keys are (laughs) and you have a plan for breakfast and you did all of that the night before so that you're not rushing around in the morning. Then everyone, I think, is in a irritable, bad mood. Um, I don't think anyone is really pleasant when they're rushing around to get out the door. And so then when things aren't where they need to be or everybody gets frustrated. And then that mommy get we were talking about, then you have a really horrible morning and everyone's yelling at each other. You leave your kids at school and then you feel kind of bad. Like that's how we left. That's how we started our day together. So I do think if you can have a better if you can do things so that it goes smoother in the morning, then when you do drop your kids off, you feel a lot happier about that drop-off, having started the day in a positive way. Right. Well, I guess we should wrap up because my kid's been calling for me for <laughs> the last 20 minutes. <laughs> so thank you so much for uh, coming to talk parenting issues with me again, Amy. I appreciate that. And uh Thanks to all of you who listen. If you'd like to comment about the show or, or ask questions or suggest topics, you can contact me through my website, heartbeatmusictherapy.net. And if you have a question for Amy, then I can easily forward that on to her. Um, our next show is going to be a music therapy-focused show on September 11th at a new time for this special occasion because it's for the online conference for music therapy And that's an international 24-hour conference that happens online where they talk about music therapy topics, and it's all over the world, so presenters are from all over the world, and the committee is going to join us on September 11th, and they're from all over the world, and so that they don't have to wake up in the middle of the night to talk on the show. We're going to broadcast at 7 a.m. Texas time. So have a great day and thanks for listening and I'll see you in a couple weeks I don't know how to end my episode there (laughs)